Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability. Then the master went away. The one who had received five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more. Master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. The master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless servant, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Go big or go home. Now you've likely heard this expression before and I have too, but I always thought it was sports related. So I didn't pay much attention. But go big or go home is used when you want to encourage someone to be extravagant or do something to the fullest. It's a philosophy that encourages one to be bold, even daring, go big or go home. Now, during this long season of pandemic, it seems the virus is going big and we're the ones going home, staying there. Yet the virus is not the only thing that's getting too big, too bold, too extravagant. All the other news can also be too big to handle. In addition to the daily COVID count increases, there's continuing social unrest and political distress. That's why I often wait for the feel-good stories at the end of a news broadcast. 
when they tell when they tell about someone who has benefited big by someone else's graciousness, or when someone has done something unimaginable, bold, courageous, gone big, so to speak, and the reward was multiplied. There's a few of them that I remember from recently, and one is of a Lutheran church in Missouri, an ELCA church, by the way, that organized a killing the medical debt campaign. Through financial gifts that were large and small, they paid off $1.5 million of medical debt. Then there's the one about the former Little League coach. I'm, I kind of like Little League, so I caught my attention, but this coach donated a bucket of balls, a bucket of baseballs with a note about how much he loved playing with his son and grandsons long ago and hoped that someone else would enjoy using the baseballs with their children. The family that received the balls invited him to play catch with their young son and a relationship of love and playfulness with their new grandpa developed and flourished. And then the story of an 18 year old high school senior who was making money for college at the grocery store begging groceries overheard the cashier telling a man that he didn't have enough money to cover his groceries and needed to put some of them back. The young man who was begging groceries gave the customer $35 so that he could have the food that he needed. In all these instances, the people took what they had, the gift of compassion, the ability to advocate and organize, the desire for connection, the joy of loving their neighbors, known and unknown, and they received an abundance of love, connection, passion, and joy in the process. During the season leading up to Advent, we hear great go big or go home stories from Jesus. In today's parable, Jesus tells a story about a landowner who had a fortune. He was leaving for a while and entrusted his money to the servants in charge of keeping his property prospering. They each got a different amount, five talents, two talents, one talent. Now, before we go any further, we need to talk a little bit about that money. Because we hear five, two, and one, and it's easy to imagine it's just an insignificant amount of money. But a talent was an astronomical amount of money, equivalent to 20 years of wages. In the United States today, sorry, in the United States today, the average income is roughly $50,000. So just one talent is a million dollars. The landowner entrusted these servants with a lot of money, more than they had ever managed before. So what are they to do with the money? Go big or go home? One went home, so to speak, and buried the greatest gift entrusted to him. And the other two dared to do something they had never done before. They worked with the valuable gift and the gift was multiplied. Too often we use Jesus' parables as allegories attempting to assign each character to someone or something in the real world. I've heard way too many sermons during stewardship season. I'm trying to let us know that Jesus is the landowner and we are the servants who need to use our money wisely so that we will get the reward in heaven. But as one pastor reminded me this week, parables are not allegories, but they're more like gymnasiums for thinking, designed to help us catch a glimpse of an idea or a way of living that is otherwise difficult to describe. 
In this case, today's parable asks us to imagine a daring, fruitful way of life. As he often does, Jesus uses a how much more type argument to make his point. If this harsh master can invite resourceful servants into his joy, how much more will the God of love and justice do the same? You see, God always goes big with the gifts that God gives to us. More extravagant, more abundant, more life-giving than we could ever possibly imagine. And we find our home in the abundant gifts of God, the abundant life of God, the abundant joy of God. What a good and hard word for us right now as we face big COVID-related restrictions, big news cycles and big losses. Can we live in God's joy, abundant life, even in this? I asked some Holy Trinity members how they are experiencing joy in these days. And the answers were fun to read and reminded me that we are living in God's abundant joy, even now. Relationships with immediate family members are being strengthened. There's lots of time to cuddle with your pets. Cooking and baking now has, baking, not baking, cooking and baking has become more fun as we try new and creative foods. Savoring the gorgeous fall colors and cool fall weather while enjoying the outdoors. And many are keeping a gratitude journal during this time to keep their focus on the good gifts that they have been given. And so there is abundant joy, even in this, even in a pandemic. Though it may not look as we envisioned, may not look as we desired, we live into the joy of God's presence when we go big with the gifts that are entrusted to us. We practice generosity so that we may be more generous, even on the days that are hard. We practice graciousness so that we may be more gracious, even on the days that are hard. We practice joy so that we may be more joyous, even on the days that are hard. Practicing these gifts and others entrusted to us won't always be easy. I know that. There may be times when we prefer to go and hide in sorrow, anxiety, or grief. But I am confident that the Holy One can hold us in our anxiety and generosity. God can keep us in graciousness, even in the midst of sorrow. That God invites us into joy, even when we are full of grief. It's counterintuitive, I know that, but joy and sorrow can coexist. Think of the times that you've attended a church, attended a lunch after a funeral. People gather in the fellowship hall or home, filling it with laughter, stories, and memories. Even in deep sorrow, gratitude and love abound. We laugh through our tears, feeling grief and joy at the same time. As the Apostle Paul reminds the Thessalonians in his letter that we read from today, there is an abundance of what we need to survive and thrive in God's embrace. He says, Put on the breastplate of love and faith, for God has destined you, not for wrath, but for everlasting life in Jesus Christ. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. 
maybe if Paul were to write the letter today, he might say something like this. Team, you've been given an overabundance of everything that you need for a full and rich life. Use these gifts, as I can already see that you are doing. Be bold and extravagant as God is. Go big, not home, and trust the one who has welcomed you into the joyful presence of God.